I'm Stephen Gregory Smith. And I'm Matt Connor. We are going back to the high. For season five. Of The, the Connor and Smith, Smith Show. Alright. How are you doing? Great. We're in the middle of rehearsal for Ichabod, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, a new musical that we have written uh, at Creative Cauldron. Yeah. And it opens in a few weeks. It does. Life Get is, your tickets. Life is going very quickly. There will be a live streaming as well. Yeah, check it out. Um, we have also started a Patreon uh, for those of you who have not heard. Um, it's just a, a way you can support us, create more art, join the community, also get insider behind the scenes content and information. It's all very, I think our first behind the scenes video was literally us talking about what we were working on and what was happening as we were doing a uh, aerobic routine in the living room. Not so much aerobic as power walking, but I digress. So it's all there for you on patreon.com. If you search Connor with an ER and Smith. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break and, and then we'll, we'll be, be right back. Thank you. In 1985, Tyler was meeting Justin at their favorite arcade, Longshot. Just as Justin was about to confess his love for Tyler, the world changed. Blending elements of 1980s pop culture and LGBTQIA fiction, we journey through this incredible experience that brings them closer together as they fight against the world trying to keep them apart. <laughs> Listen to Longshot on Anchor FM, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, well, Gay, welcome to the show. Um, I'm sitting here with my husband and co-host, Matt Connor. Hey, 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 Hi, hey, Matt. Hey. How's it going? I'm good. I'm. How are you? Oh, who cares? Who cares? <laughs> who cares that everything everything's on fire in the world? Oh gosh. On that high note, we start. Um, <laughs> we, we're also joined by our producer Ryan Dean Halbrook. Hey, how are you? Hi. So all three of us, of course, went to Shenandoah. Um, in when, the when did you graduate? Late 90s. Uh, oh, 90, dear what? God, I could be your mother. <laughs> <laughs> we were there, yeah, we were there in the late 90s. Uh, I graduated in 97, however. Dear Lord. I was 27 when I graduated because it was my third attempt to figure out what I should be doing. But you know, you probably learned a lot. I had waited. I was I was a late bloomer, and you know, so. You know, there there was something to that. I mean, I did not come across uh, quite as well with some of my friends at the college because it it seemed like I was kind of focused on my work. Uh huh. And it seemed kind of like, oh, what is she doing? She doesn't want to be. You know, I don't know. I mean, I party and stuff, but I, I, I would drive home and like study. <laughs> oh, oh, do you, what are you, are you from Winchester? Oh my God. I'm from Stephen City, two exits away. Oh, okay. So you lived at home. I lived at home, lived with my grandmother for a bit, and I didn't, oh, really, yeah. didn't really move out on, on campus until like my senior year. Oh, wow. And God, it is, I haven't even been back since the year after I graduated. <laughs> I went to Nancy Myers one woman show and I ha and I it's changed so much since then and we were scheduled for my son 
who is going, who is a junior right now at University of Michigan in the musical theater program. Um, he, he was scheduled to go down and look at Shenandoah. It was finally going to take him and go do the auditions and everything. But he found out that he got Ithaca before and then he got Michigan and he was like, uh, you know, I, I, I think I really want to go to Michigan. So there's no sense in spending the money in the hotels and all that stuff. So I was like, oh, shoot, I wanted to go to Shenandoah and just see the place. Right, right. It's it's pretty much unrecognizable. Like uh, Club Med now, jeez. And they don't do one-person shows. No. They don't. And no. boy, you know, and coming from, like, not having any background in theater at all, and my parents, you know, I, I didn't know what I was doing. We we, I don't know how we put it together. Where are you from? I'm originally North Carolina. Oh, nice. And how did you find Shenandoah? Well, my dad was in the Coast Guard and um, uh, he managed to, um, he was on uh, weather cutter ships that went out for a month and came in and were in for a month. So um, we were able to stay in Beaufort through my childhood until I was about 11. And then we moved, We he finally, they transferred him to Connecticut to the Coast Guard Academy in New London. And so we moved to Connecticut. And um, then in in four years of high school, I went to three high schools. I had to move from Connecticut to California. We uh, lived in Westminster, California, like 15 miles from Disneyland. And then we got transferred uh, my junior year to uh, Cape May, New Jersey. So, yeah, a lot of traveling. <laughs> and, and through that, is that is that how did you find um, out about Shenandoah? Then? Okay, okay, get back to the question. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so, um, you know, I moved from California. I had been involved in the choir um out there and I had done my first solo and I I sort of felt like I was starting to get a clue of what I wanted to do with my life and I thought I wanted to be a, a music teacher like my music teacher there and um, so then we moved to Cape May and I didn't know anybody and um, I got I became a cheerleader I mean I, I auditioned or whatever for the, and became a cheerleader and then they were having uh, auditions for the musical for Brigadoon, and I had never seen the movie. I had never done a musical. I, I had seen Wizard of Oz growing up on TV and Cinderella on TV with Leslie Ann Warren, but that was my the extent of my, and I maybe had seen Showboat, I think I had seen the MGM version of Showboat. But anyway, so I didn't know anything about Brigadoon. I auditioned and they basically I sight read, waiting for my dearie, waiting for my dearie, got the part, and then um, my senior year, they did West Side Story, and there was a, um, a uh, representative from Shenandoah who came to the college, and they called me into the, the guidance counselor office. I, you know, I was such a mess. I thought, you know, I want to go back to California to college to see, to see my friends out there. And I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I had no clue. And, you know, I wasn't like I was like pining away from the age of 10, but I always played make-believe and always took dance lessons and stuff. 
growing up. So I guess that had something to do with it. But anyway, so um, the the counselor um, said, you should come to Shenandoah and, and we have a nice program there. And so I went, I auditioned with, I feel pretty. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what I just done in West Side Story. Wow. Yeah, and, and got and got accepted and went, you know, so. Well, I, I have to say, when I was at school from 1992 to 1997, almost every um, teacher that I had, uh, Robin Hart Schroth, who I'm still yes, with. Yes, my God, yeah. Um, your name was dropped all the time like do you do you know gay willis and i'd be like i don't think i, I was do. really hitting then that's probably why too you know i was starting to to you know i had um done into the woods and in 92 i did the music of Andaloid weber a concert tour with michael crawford so we toured um uh we toured dc and baltimore but we we it, it was a world tour we did um royal albert hall for two weeks uh london scotland um and uh uh two weeks at radio city music hall and so that was all happening in 92 so well i i've been dying to um ask you this since it just kind of happened yeah what is your what is your take about like phantom saying goodbye to new york well it's saying goodbye to london too did you just read that no yeah it's closing there too is, yeah, is this the just end of an the era i just think it's you know it's time it's such a great show and i'm i i pined away for so long i wanted to do it so badly because you know well this is another thing don't ever think no no forever because my first audition in new york my first um equity cattle call audition was for phantom and they you know bring 40 people in the room and and they say okay one 14 35 stay everybody else thank you very much i was typed out didn't oh, get wow. thing nothing and oh, then wow. like six months later johnson live casting i don't even remember what they were casting uh, but i waited all day by the time i got in the room they wanted to hear if you could belt or was soprano sing your best eight bars of belt and best eight bars of of soprano and i sang lord master because i had done talk to him in theater by the sea <laughs> all those things that are so awful now wrong but um i sang my eight bars was he'll never know i love another man and they said did we see you for phantom i said <laughs> i typed out <laughs> So then the next time I like, I don't know, what's a couple months later, I was doing um, Superstar at Paper Mill Playhouse. Mm -hmm. I was playing Mrs. Pilot. I was um, I was the wife of um, of Pilot, who was played by. Um, um, uh, oh, God, I knew I wasn't going to remember his name. Ah, Cuccioli, Bo uh, Bob Cuccioli. Yes. Yes, he was a fabulous pilot. And um Norm Mr. Lewis, Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah, Norm Lewis is one of the um the priests and uh Ron Taylor was the the main one. And, um yeah, great people, George Dvorsky. Anyway, um George Dvorsky? Yes, baby. Oh my you know, gosh, we love George. I love did, George. Did you ever work with Tim Stella? No. 
Tim Stella, I think, was the number two conductor or number two keyboard organ, whatever happens in Phantom. Uh, for years. Yeah, yeah we'll see. <laughs> but I, so I, I didn't get Phantom. I was typed out and I, I was like, you know, I thought I was a shoe in because I could sing high E's and, you know, till the cows came home. And then I found out that the whole Phantom of the Opera song is taped. So then I was like, well, anybody can sing a high C. Right. So, um, but, uh, but, um, so I got the Andaloy Weber concert tour. Um, I got to sing with Michael Crawford and, um, and eventually, you know, still wasn't, I mean, even though I was touring the world and, and performing at Radio City and Royal Albert Hall, I still wasn't, and with a 55 piece orchestra, it was fantastic. I mean, how many, how many Christine's got, got to sing that music with, with the, and I wasn't, um, I sang P.A. Yesu in the show and I, and I also sang um, Amigos Para Siempre. I was yes. the second ever to sing that. Um, but so finally, after the Andalai Weber tour, I finally got Phantom. So my mom came to visit in me in New York when I, after I toured all over and done the Andalou Weber tour and I was back in New York and, and my boyfriend at the time, who's now my husband of 26 years and we've been together 30. Um, he, uh, he went right back to subbing Broadway shows and everything. And I was auditioning and my mom came up for a visit and we picked her up from the airport. And I said, mom, you want to see a Broadway show? She said, well, I've been wanting to see Phantom, but I've been waiting for you to get in it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I said, oh gosh. I said, well, mom, you want to just like, maybe we drive by the, uh, the theater and, and maybe we'll luck out and get standing room tickets. So we got two standing room tickets and got to my apartment. And back in the day when we had um, answering machines, my answering machine was blinking. And I was with Sames and Rolnick, um, my agent. She's Diana Rolnick's very, you know, like New York streetwise, like not not very flowery with, you know, with words and stuff. Just kind of, you know, New York tough kind of. And um, so she, the message was like, "Gay, call me." And I was like, "What the <laughs> heck?" She has never been like that. <laughs> so I called her up, and she says. It's Toronto. It's it's uh, Canada calling. They want you to play Christine alternate in Phantom. <laughs> so when my mom and I went to see the show that night, and Mark Jacoby was the Phantom, and um, oh oh oh, I'll think of her name in a minute. Um, the Christine I had waited tables with at Mrs. J's Sacred Cow. Anyway. Um, so we stood, we, we had did the standing room and I said, mom, the next time you come see the show, I'll be Christine and you'll be sitting under the chandelier and you'll have the best seats in the house. And it was a very exciting time. That's and I got amazing. to do it with Mike, with, uh, with Colm Wilkinson. I got oh. to start my Christine career of doing Phantom with Colm Wilkinson. Wow. So. I mean, do, I, I think, Knowing a few people who have been inside the Andrew Lloyd Webber kind of family, it, it does seem like once you kind of get into that group, you are used kind of again and again if, if you're, you know, useful. <laughs> really useful. If you're useful, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, because I have a friend who, I think most of his Broadway shows at this point have been other incarnations in the Lloyd Webber kind of universe. Right, right. Well, yeah. You know, when I saw it at the Kennedy Center, of course, it's probably much smaller at the Kennedy Center as far as mm. the production. I was still just kind of, I don't know, in this warm bath of the grandiose music and the singing. It, it still just felt so alive and it's such a romantic sort of story you know? you know it's it's i tell people it's like like pizza cold pizza's still good right right you know it doesn't matter who the christine is on you know it can be like the you know fourth cover you know the, it just it just is a beautiful show and the how prince has had such a way with um stage pictures <gasps> and um you know, the way he uh, went from, you know, a thousand people on stage in the opening number to, you know, Magnolia and Ravenal on stage, bare stage, under a moonlight. And the same, I think he stole from himself because um, all I ask of you is the same thing, you know, under the moon on the mm -hmm. rooftop. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of... So I, I would guess, and not that this, we're not turning this into the Phantom of the Opera podcast, but... <laughs> Maybe I could be the monkey. <laughs> so, oh my gosh! What what happens now would be the rights for this will eventually now be open for regional interpretation, right? Right. That might so I'm really excited to see people's totally different takes. Take on it, yeah. That's going to be a fascinating thing to watch in the next couple of years. Um, yeah. Because I I can't imagine that they'll. Uh, maintain that it, it can't be held to the same standards regionally as it was, you know, Broadway it wouldn't be accomplished. So yeah. there's, there's going to be some really um, crafty chandeliers and some really terrible. Oh, my God. I know. And you don't want them to go wrong. Right. Right. Phantom of the Opera in uh, the round. In the round. Yeah. yeah. Hey, you know, I did West Side Story in the round. Why not? Yeah. I mean. Toby's Dinner Theater. Ooh. You worked at Toby's? That I got that I got Maria and West Side Story at Toby's before I graduated Shenandoah. I wow. heard I, I was in the cafeteria too. and I overheard some people talking about going to this audition after spring break um, to at Toby's and I and and I heard West Side Story and my ears perked up. I don't even remember who it was. It was like I was friends with them, but I wasn't like they must have been juniors or something. I don't remember being close, close. But my dad drove me all the way back eight hours one way to drop me off at Shenandoah so I could come early um, for spring break. So we piled in somebody's car. I can't remember who it was. And it was like, I don't know, eight of us or 10 of us in the car on each other's laps. And and Toby invited us all to see Grease that night and gave us dinner. And yeah, and Toby herself called me at the college to tell me role i was never so excited we worked at toby's all three of us as well oh god isn't she the best she's still kicking she's still kicking i i know i saw her um couple two well before the pandemic so two or three years ago i was doing show i was i was going down on a regular basis doing um gigs with larry friedman and prince havely another shenandoahite oh yeah prince i know prince i've worked with, you've worked with prince i have yeah 
Yeah, well, Prince, we did, you know, because we went to school at the same time, but but we did She Loves Me together at Shenandoah. I love that show. Yeah. Did you, when you were doing Superstar, is that how you got connected with Larry? With, oh, no, uh, that was at a Paper Mill Playhouse. I didn't do it do it with Larry ever. Right, no. right. Larry, Larry and I did, um, God, Larry and I did uh, Gifts of the Magi at uh, the studio theater mm. mm -hmm. and um it was the gig that i got that i had i was doing um with the the lead girl um right before i got into the woods i had auditioned so many times and had been called back so many times for into the woods and finally they offered me the tour in la and i covered cinderella little red riding hood rapunzel um, the Witch Body Double and um, The Mother in the Tree. And 14 days after I got there, I came in. Oh, I was staying with, um, do you know Alice Viano? No. She was one of those dinner theater people. Um, anyway, uh, I was living with her and her husband um, and uh, Donnie Roach. She was, uh, um, worked at Toby's too. Anyway, um, I, uh, she was doing Les Mis out there and um, I lived with them and joined the company and I drove from the apartment and got to the theater like 40 minutes to places and I came in and signed in. There's this little piece of paper that says Gay Willis is Cinderella. Yeah. And I saw like 10 or 15 cast members and I'm like, ah, that's really funny. You guys, new girl, you know, I haven't had a single understudy rehearsal. They said, really, you're on, you're on you're you are on tonight oh my gosh yeah at the Amundsen theater in LA yep <laughs> thank god I had listened to the album this is steep this is Sondheim I don't know how I did your fault I I can't imagine how I got through it but I I did and I oh had a blast because I was like it was dream come true <laughs> literally but but also a bit of the actor's nightmare you know Oh yeah, but but because that ignorance is bliss in a way. Like I just I had been called back so many times. I knew the album inside and out. Right. I had listened to it and sung along with it so much that you know it was all a sung through kind of pretty much you know not a whole lot of lines that weren't sung. You know, like uh, you know it was a very nice ball and and that whole thing is sung. You know, it's like so. I don't know. I just I got through it. Have you gotten a chance to see any of the Sondheim stuff happening in New York? No, oh, but I just did a cabaret um, uh, Broadway understudies with um, Cameron Johnson is one of the understudies from the uh, this new Into the Woods. And he sang um, uh, Giants in the Sky and he was phenomenal. Um, we have a friend who is covering The Witch and she just went on. <gasps> Oh, gosh, I think I saw your post about that. Yeah, yeah, Felicia Curry, also of the Toby's World. How exciting for her. Yes, and, and that was her Broadway debut. God, all at once. Yeah, um, Broadway debut, getting the final bow is kind of unheard of, you know? Right? And trying Jeez. to get greens, greens, correct. Talk about a dream come true. Yeah. Man, Oh. Uh where are you where are you these days are you residing in new york no i'm in new jersey my husband's originally from uh from new jersey so um we we 
we're living out here um, in Bergen County. So, you know, 40 minutes from down from Midtown. During the pandemic, did you have to find like everyone different ways to be creative and figure out like, okay, what are we going to do? I can't sit here in my living room for two months. You know, listen, it was all I could do. My husband, thank God, my husband, who's Broadway flutist, you know, when um, I was doing Phantom in Toronto, are we ever going to have you know, a family and a career if we're in different countries <laughs> and, and and we have a job as long as the show runs, but as soon as the show closes, we're back to, you know, unemployed and how can you pay, you know? So he went back to school and is a speech therapist now, speech pathologist. And um, so thank God he, he has his private practice, but he also works in the public schools so we have, you know, that public school insurance, which is fantastic when there's a pandemic and you don't know whether you're going to need long-term care or what, you know. And he had already with um, some of his um, speech kids who have gone on to college and stuff, the parents kind of wanted him to advise and kind of be um, a help to the kids. So he learned how to Zoom and stuff before there was Zoom. Mm. he he hit the ground running before other teachers were spending three or four weeks a month trying to figure out how to do the online teaching and so he was and he was like i can't do these group these groups of kids elementary school kids who have different like when he's in the schools and he has kids of, of different like one is on the spectrum and another one has a stuttering problem and another one has you know, uh, ADHD or something, you know, it's all different issues. You can sort of keep them going in a class when you can make eye contact and you keep, keep it going, but on a zoom, no way. So he was doing 15 minute sessions with these kids, separate kids. And so every 15 minutes I'd hear through the door, hi, Joey, how are you doing? Did you get outside today? Hi, Mary, what have you done today? <laughs> you know, trying to get them to do language. Right. And thank God he had that. But, but I, so my job was to keep him fed, keep my kids, you know, my, I had to have two boys, 23 and 20. And, you know, the 20 year old was a junior in high school, was a senior in high school when they, yeah, the shutdown, I guess. Um, but, um, you know, he didn't get his prom. He didn't get graduation that, that, you know, the first, the first month, the only class that he was doing online zoom every morning, one of the kids in this music, the, uh, theory class, um, wasn't there one day and he had laid himself across the railroad tracks and, you know, so a lot of stuff was happening with the kids that, you know, and I was like, I just got to keep my kids alive. And yeah. I, my mother-in-law's 93 now, and she, you know, I had to get groceries for her. And before that, we knew that it was airborne, you know, I, people were, we, I was washing the bananas and washing all the groceries and putting them in clean bags and taking them over to the, the, um, the uh, garage and, you know, saying hi to her through the garage, you know, with distance between us. And, you know, it was just a hard time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I, 
I do feel like because um, me and Steven both are kind of creative and Ryan was here with us as well. Yeah, you wrote a bunch of shows. Yeah, we did do some of that. Wow. I I think being creative kind of at least helped us to kind of um, stay a little bit sane because, you know, we also watched a lot of our friends just go through lots of really hard, weird times. Yeah, I know. And I mean, I you know, financially we're hurting and people in their thirties and forties having to go live back at home because they couldn't afford their New York apartments anymore. You know, oh, absolutely. Yeah. So just a really tough time. And I felt like, you know, um, we could have somebody, uh, you know, a, a Uber service or something driving my mother-in-law to doctor's appointments, but that puts us all in danger because if we go to see her, once a week or something and we're sitting we were sitting out on the deck and with masks and she was sitting inside you know with the screen closed and no physical contact it was just awful and we watched her, like she's doing great now but you know watched her decline and i had just lost my mother the year before covid so you know there was the shutdown on the 12th of march was it and mm, mother. my mother had died the second 17th the year before so yeah i was supposed to do three concerts that month and uh jerry herman concerts and that were canceled of course and uh uh an irish concert and um so and i had done um irish concerts i'd done a pbs special for like eight years um and done carnegie hall four times with this pete with singing irish music who knew you know, I have, I have some Irish in me, but I didn't, I wasn't raised in Ireland and I, you know, but one of my phantoms was from Dublin. And so, you know, um, so then I was singing those, um, songs, you know, you know, connecting with Danny boy and those, those emotions and everything. And, um, it was tough. Um, I, I just want to make a caveat here, Gay. Yeah. If you hear snarfling or snorps, we have two pugs. Aww. And they <laughs> they sometimes make like ridiculous nose noises. So and I, and I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, do you think, I mean, do you think how theater, do you think things are, I mean, I feel like Phantom is a kind of scary bellwether. Um, that we're just not retaining like the, you know, Asian tourists and things like that, that kind of kept that show alive. Mm. Do you, do you see things coming back um, tentatively, slowly? I mean, I, I get uh, concerned when I see th- like discounted tickets for Into the Woods on Broadway that, you know, concerns me. What, what's your take on where things are right now? Oh gosh. Well, I just think it's taking a while for everybody to kind of, wrap their heads around it you know we're we're becoming a little safer a little safer with uh the pandemic you know it's still going to be around we're still going to have to deal with it but you know um a lot of the summer stock um theaters had to close their shows early because of covid and that that's the thing it's like i I, you know what it seems like this is the the perfect time for smaller shows for intimate more instead of these powerhouse big huge productions that you you know i have to say i mean i love phantom and i thought it was so well done and everything 
but I I only saw Moulin Rouge once, but I it was just like too much of and not enough substance kind of. It just was it it left me um kind of empty, you know. I I I I I felt like so much money has been spent on this show and I just it, it's not going anywhere and a lot of these shows that are all on like jukebox musicals and stuff it's like where are the stories where are the you know so, and, then, I, and then it's that old conundrum of like can smaller shows uh, sustain on Broadway because people want to see helicopters and chandeliers well and, right exactly but why can't but now because maybe this is the time because of COVID and stuff to do smaller, more uh, uh, risky, you know, um, theater that that actually makes you feel something, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I'm wondering if the Into the Woods model is going to be kind of a new thing where they start with a company and then announce the new new company and the next and then announce the next company and if it, it feels right, kind of like, well, sort oh, of like sort of like a. a, a, a City center, yeah, you know, but a little bit, you know, more judged, but you know, the same idea, you know, where you don't have like helicopters and stuff to pay for. Yeah, the the and you can get you can get bigger name. I mean, you know, of course that that leaves the average Joe like you know um, not as is able to get jobs, but it's still. I mean, you know, they still use big names now for the leads and stuff. You know. Yeah, Sarah Bareilles is the helicopter, basically. There you go. <laughs> Starring Sarah as the helicopter. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I was Hugh Jackman as a chandelier. Yes. There you go. There. <laughs> um, when we were talking to Debbie Friedman on her episode, uh -huh. uh, and then again, we were talking to her daughter, Kayla, and I love their stories, how bookended that is in a way in how Debbie's experience from like near the beginning of the program to Kayla's like one of the most re the most recent graduate we've talked to mm -hmm. um there's still a similarity in theme from both of them and also from many of our guests of of the network of Shenandoah alum that have been there for each other have you know through the years like helped each other kind of when they needed uh a, you know, to find a gig here, a job there, place to live, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Have you found that to be your experience as well? Well, I'm still close friends with Nancy Meyer, who was my roommate at, um, in college. Um, and uh, I I was Facebook friends with, with Prince, and I saw him. He had sung at, uh, he had sung a gig or something, I think, for, um, senior citizens or something that was, or like a, a fundraiser or something. And I just thought, oh, that is so sweet. And I said, Prince, I said, I'm driving through because I was going down to North Carolina quite often after my mom died um, to to clear out stuff and sell her house. And, you know, and so I was making a long drives, you know, um, to North Carolina. So I said, 
you know, I'm going through that way, you know, I'd love to, to see you and say hi, if you're not singing anywhere, but if you're singing somewhere, I'll come, you know, we could sing a number or something. And he said, I'm, I actually have this going thing at the Chez uh, uh, Artiste or whatever, um, uh, the uh, French restaurant. And we start, and then, uh, then he pulled Larry in and the three of us did this uh, thing at the uh, Cafe Chez Artiste in uh, McLean, Virginia. Mm -hmm. yeah anyway we had a and, and there was like no pressure kind of like and that's where I, like I started learning that I oh all these years I tried to protect my soprano and I didn't know if I could belt or not <laughs> like I've belting you know a lot of numbers so sort of learned to belt after that's all these that's amazing and, I yeah. love that you guys and you guys are have you are you still doing that or is it well I mean, not since not since COVID, but yeah. I'd, I'd love to, I'd love to, because I had a blast with those guys. You yeah. recently uh, closed a run of a show, didn't you? Yes, I. After all these years, I, I was looking for a summer stock job for my son, and I thought, where did I start out? What was the first summer stock I did? So I was saying, Candlewood Playhouse isn't there anymore, um, but. Theater by the Sea, I think, is still there. And last year, I looked, and they were doing Mamma Mia, and he had done Sky in high school. And so, and then I looked and saw that um, um, Bob uh, Bob Bray um, was who uh, did Showboat, and he's from the D.C. area too, I think, um, was the musical director. So I said, Chad, you've got to audition for that. So he did, but he he didn't get it. He was just through his freshman year and um so i you know they um he didn't get it but um but then this year i was looking and said they're doing cinderella and oh my god my friend from showboat is directing and choreographing uh, kenny ingram and um we had worked together in chicago and on tour and he's such a sweetheart and he's amazing he's working everywhere now um but anyway um i i told chad my son chad marge is his name um, to audition and um, you know he was auditioning for a lot of stuff and he you know had this his end of the year exams and things that he was doing and he didn't get around to sending a tape but I thought you know what the heck I'm sending a tape <laughs> and I got the, the, the evil stepmother and I had such a great time because I didn't have to worry about my voice and I got to be mean and, and um, delicious and like B. Arthur and you know, I had a great time and it was so, so full circle too, you know? Um, and and my son, my son got a job in Cape Cod singing with a, with a, um, the Hyannis sound. They're an acapella group. And I got this job, which was literally like on the way to Cape Cod was Rhode Island. So my husband came to see me in the show in Rhode Island and then I had my day off and we drove up and saw Chad on a Monday do his show and then came back and I did my show on Tuesday. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it was very, very cool. Except that he didn't get to see me, which was too bad. But. And and wasn't there like an article about your return there? Yeah, um, they, yeah, they did a kind of a, you know, that, the, um, the audition that I did, um, for theater by the sea was my first new york audition ever um and um susan Bonacountry country and i both were doing showboat at burn bray dinner theater 
I was doing Magnolia. She was doing Julie. And we flew up and auditioned and flew back in time for the show. Can you oh my imagine? God. Right. Can you imagine like with today's like delays and cancellations and stuff? I don't know how we did it. We knew we had to leave the city by three or something. And there was a long line and it looked like we weren't going to get in. She had a call back and I had not gone to Straw Hats. So I was just kind of crashing the audition with her. And um, so uh, Tommy Brent owned the theater at the time. And he um, and uh, he brought me in. He said, this is Susan Bonner country. We've, we've called her back from Lady Chiang. And this is her little friend she brought along with her. <laughs> So I sang and, and, and got the part, but um, the casting director, one of the casting directors came to visit somebody because he was originally, he is from Providence, Rhode Island, Stephen DeAngelis, and he gave me his card and said, call me. And so when I got home, I called this number and he said, you need to be in New York. You need to be in New York. And so and that job, doing theater by the sea and meeting people who are living in New York, and that casting director saying I need to be there gave me the impetus to finally do it, you know. So we were we were kind of chuckling a little because, of course, he worked at the Burn Bray. We worked at the Burn Bray as well. Bernie. Uh, yeah. And we we uh, we saw that theater kind of close there. Were you there with Rodney Feynman? Was he still right after him? Right after he passed away? Right mm -hmm. after him, yep. Yeah. That was 90, yeah, because um, I was doing the Andaloy Weber Concert Tour in 92, and I was in Scotland, and I found out that he had passed. We kind of came in right towards the last maybe two years of Rick Stoller's life. Oh, God, and he came to see Showboat. Wow. And I, hadn't, I didn't really realize how sick he was, you know? Yeah. I was but, pregnant at the time, so I was like preoccupied with being pregnant. <laughs> did you did you make it to the Toby Ornstein celebration of life that she did where like Edward Norton came and No, no, I didn't. I had something going. I had a concert in North Carolina and um I I couldn't get out of it. And it it killed me because it's like, you know, it wasn't like you know, a life changing, like I made so much money from this one gig, but it, it was, I had to do it. My mom, you know, my mom was coming and, and my dad had just passed and I, you know, I kind of needed to, I needed to do that thing in North Carolina, but I, it killed me to see all those pictures and not be there. Yeah. Sure. It was, it was crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, but but so much fun. Um, yeah, I I was a, a one of the a hostesses. I was one of the hostesses while Edward Norton was in um, uh, Annie Get Your Gun because I saw that show so many times. And Robin Baxter, God, she's so talented. Yeah. Oh, that's right, Robin. Did you ever work with Phyllis Goldblatt? I know the name. Oh my God, who doesn't? Mm -hmm. Once. One time we were doing a show at Burnbray and the the door opened. It was the middle of the show. It was dark in the in the house, and all of a sudden we heard the the, the hosting stand. Well, first of all, we knew we were in trouble because the doors to the lobby came open and you could see the halo of red hair with light shining <laughs> through it. Yeah. And the the hostess podium there on the corner just like got pushed over and cranked. Yeah, just and and then all of a sudden we heard. Christ, I thought the thing had wheels. <laughs> <laughs> Correction, she actually said, 
I thought the fucking thing had wheels. There you <laughs> go. That sounds more like. <laughs> yeah. So great characters. We were in the um just one more tidbit because it's too good to pass up. Yeah. We were we were in the ending days of the burn brand. Things were really kind of going south. And um there was a kid uh in the buffet <clears throat> who came up to Phyllis and said, Ma'am, there's ants in the cake. <laughs> and she looked at the kid incredulously and said, Then have the ice cream. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Then have the ice cream. Then have the ice cream. Oh uh, God! Oh, we we used to, um in drink, uh, drinks, to sing in the cabarets and stuff. Yeah. Oh my God! During the cabaret or? Well, yeah, that too. <laughs> well, you know, during the rehearsal. What were some of your fondest memories from SU? A specific show, a specific teacher. Um, did you do? Uh, well, did you do I, the opera? I, I adored my voice teacher Donna Goldstrand. She was she was so great to me, and she came. She's been so supportive over the years. She came up to Toronto and slept on my sofa and saw me do Phantom, and she came to New York and saw me do Magnolia. And yeah, she's been very supportive um, through the years. Um, but um, my junior year, I I did uh, Amalia in. Um, she loves me with Pat Collins. And um, we, it was the first time, or I don't know that the only time, but the first time that um, Hal Herman had um, submitted our musicals. She loves me for the American college theater festival or something. And we were one of the finalists and we were the only musical because everybody else was plays, you know, and we went to, I think Greensboro, North Carolina and um and uh performed it there and i think we had to make some changes because of you know whatever set situation down there or to travel it or whatever it was um but in you know it, it was really very exciting to to travel and do the show somewhere else besides just right on campus you know and to get to do it again of course and um and I remember that week we all went to see um, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh wow! And that was probably my my one of my fondest memories of of Hal Herman, like throwing popcorn and stuff in the movies with us bunch of us kids, you know. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, I can't even. Remember. I, I did. Um. Uh. Uh. There's a picture somewhere. Um. Um. Pippin. We did, and I I didn't have a perm at the time. But I put perm rods in my hair with a bunch of hairspray. I wet my hair down and I hairsprayed my hair and I put those perm rods in and so I would have an afro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm trying to imagine Hal Herman watching Rocky Horror and I'm still at a loss there. But Right. Uh, oh yeah. So much fun uh, imagining that, though. Uh, did he just say? And, and I felt like, time? you know, oh my gosh, if my parents knew what I was doing, right. oh, I I feel like I have to go take a bath. Like I've been such a naughty girl. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> wow. Because I you... hadn't been exposed to that kind of stuff before. <laughs> did you Did you get to work with Lindy? Oh my God! Did I ever? Do you know my first semester freshman year at Shenandoah? That's the first thing I did 
the first semester she cast me in as Princess Jade Pure in the play, uh, children's play, in the round in the studio theater. Yep, Princess Jade Pure. Yeah, and and my my parents came to see the show. You know, this is how you know we were simple folk from North Carolina, never been to even a regional theater production, much less a Broadway production. I had never seen a Broadway production until I was out of college. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, but um, but anyway, my my mom had a um, those camera with the flip cube things, the tower of yep. cube that you take the picture. And it, you know, flashes and it turns, you know, yeah. And and uh, Hal Herman, like, you know, having a fit and saying, you know, you they can't take. I said, I don't. They don't know better. Right, right. <laughs> you go tell them. You know, like I don't. They were taking pictures of their stage. Right. You know. Oh, that's that's hysterical. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, it made that sound, right? The kink, kink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, and then the, the and then the wind up the creaky, creaky, creaky. You know, when you go to the next, you have to like manually like forward the film. <laughs> uh, you know, right. I came from simple folk. <laughs> amazing. Um, That's why oh, it's I even more amazing that I. I actually ended up traveling all over the world and doing all the stuff I did because, you know. Humble beginnings, right? Beginnings. <laughs> well, like I've always said, you kind of just start adding commas to your life. Oh, boy. <laughs> There's a lot of commas now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, my, like when my dad came to D.C. to a ball game. Oh, this he, is good. He brought a pocket knife. Oh, my gosh. And they wouldn't let him in the ball game. And so he's arguing, not arguing, but talking to the security and saying, hey, look, I'm a farmer. I <laughs> got to have my knife. I, I got to play my, my fingernails with my knife. Right. <laughs> so I had to run like I was eight years old again. I had to run with this stupid pocket knife and hide it <gasps> on the streets of Washington, D.C. so I could find it after the game. Oh, God. Yeah. So that was my camera moment. But there was there a dead body there. There you <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> but you did, you did go back and find the knife. Right? I did go Dang. back and find it. Yeah, oh, yeah. Man, that was his good knife. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, Gay, what's what's coming up for you? You uh, you just kind of uh, seeing what is happening. Uh, I think you should get the band back together with. Um, I would Prince love that so much. And Larry, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, um, I. Still waiting for Paper Mill um, to see if I'm playing a nun in Sound of Music. But, oh, um, good. Yeah, that because I'm, you know, I could drive to it and it's close and, you know. Paper Mill's yeah. like a national treasure. It is. And it's like, I feel like if I could get that, it would, that, there's two jobs. I mean, doing Theater by the Sea at, you know, Summerstock is one thing, but then doing Paper Mill is like a little bit more legit, you know. <laughs> That uh, I feel like maybe I could, uh, yeah, I don't know. I was like, I, I don't know how much I want it. That's the problem, you know? It's like part of me wants to see if I could do something at this age, you know? And part of me doesn't quite know whether I, I you know, I teach, I do 
uh, master classes and stuff and um, coachings and I've directed a few times and I love that. And, you know, so who knows? <laughs> who knows indeed, but that's, you know, that's looking for the next comma. That's right. Yeah. And the thing is, I'm so like um, sort of waiting to see what's going to happen with, you know, where if uh, Chad gets a Broadway show or a tour or something, I want to be able to go see that. Like I thought if I get paper mill and he gets, something else up at, at college i'm not gonna be able to go see him because they're not right. gonna let me out and and maybe i don't want to get this because i want to be able to see my son that's really priority you know it's like it's tough so i i foresee you becoming his agent <laughs> yeah well you know i'm already that's that's kind of the reason why i i did the thing this summer like i said i was looking for him right and i thought you know that was i could do that actually <laughs> I think it would be amazing. Um, well, we are mindful of your time, Gay. Uh, as we're almost at an hour, I just wanted to wrap up with a few quick questions. Um, sure. When you're not doing uh, mom stuff or wife stuff, what is your like guilty pleasure kind of hobby pastime? Do you have a, a sh TV show that you like to watch or stream? Or what, what's, what, what do you do to kind of fulfill you uh, just for fun? Huh. Well, um, right before we started, uh, my husband and I, that's, that's how we stay connected. I think, you know, he, he works and after we actually eat dinner in front of the TV and we watch these streaming shows, we've been watching, um, um, murders in the building and yes. that's much fun. And, um, and now we're watching Cobra Kai because my husband was a real, um, uh, you know, Ralph Macchio, the karate kid, whatever, you know, from growing up with those movies and stuff. And um, Mary Keller, who worked at Toby's, um, she was uh, uh, Sandy in Greece before West Side Story. Mm -hmm. Then she went on to do um, Another World, the soap opera. And her love interest on the soap is what silver what what's the the bad guy in cobra kai so we're watching cobra kai oh wow <laughs> yeah and um that that's that's really fun we just started only murders and we love it <gasps> it's so great i know yeah. and i've already finished season five of cobra kai so oh there you go <laughs> yeah i love it it's so good a karate kid was, was it terry silver or what what's the first yeah movie? that's the character's name terry silver the guy's actually silver, like yeah a, He's actually a screenwriter and like a really talented dude. He's also a real martial artist, really real cool guy. Yeah, yeah. And um but but I mean after the soap opera, I think he was a cameraman for years, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And uh Mary's kept working and stuff, doing things here and there, and, you know. So just to see him come full circle and like, you know, be on billboards and stuff has been really fun. And oh gosh, two of the kids from Showboat on Broadway are doing all kinds of movies and stuff um aldous hodge oh my um, god yeah and um edwin hodge the two hodge boys yeah they yeah, are hodge so boys. busy doing all kinds of yeah i watched all, him all on kinds of billboards yeah huh we we have have been lucky to get through this past couple of years this but this podcast is one of the things that's gotten us through um but this season, this uh, Shenandoah season has been really great to reconnect with some of our old alum or even reach out and meet some that we just yeah. heard of but never met. And this has been uh, a 
delight uh, to finally have a conversation with you and hear what you're up to. And I can finally tell Robin Hart Strauss that I met Gay Willis. <laughs> Please tell her hey and give her a hug. We will. She. <laughs> we used to. I, we used to call each other every year during the Tonys. <laughs> Oh, gosh. And we would sort of like, you know, not trash talk, but, you know, just sort of talk. Oh, of course. Like, That's, yeah. Like, Absolutely. what was that number from? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, be well, Gay. And we, uh, we hope to see you in person sometime soon. Yes. All, right? all the very best. And, hey, I know if we ever get back down there with uh, uh, Larry and Prince, um, I, I would love to meet you guys. I'll put my apron on. There you go. There you <laughs> go. Okay. Take care. All right. Bye. 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 Thanks so much, Gay, for joining us. Uh, it was great to finally kind of meet you. We've heard so much about you for so many years. And thanks for hanging out. It was really amazing. Uh, I hope to keep in touch and, and work together at some point. That's um, right. If you want to learn more about us, please visit www.connersmithmusicals.com. That's Connor with an E-R. You can find us on social media uh, under Connor and Smith, again, with an E-R. That's uh, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, YouTube. Um, we are there. Uh, if you would love to support us on Patreon, again, just go to Patreon uh, and search Connor with an E-R and Smith put the link in that um, description of this episode you can also join the discord discussion which is like social media for people who don't do that a lot it's a place to share photos recollections say hi to your other alumni etc uh, the link for that is going to be in the description, as well as a link to the Spotify playlist. Please put some of the songs that were popular when you were at Shenandoah in that playlist. Um, it will. It started out very much as a late 90s uh, playlist, but it has expanded, and I'd love to see it keep expanding. So, um, other than that... Uh, we will have another show for you tomorrow and we're wrapping our um we're pausing our season five uh briefly yes it's just going to be a quick little pause just for halloween just for halloween um then we'll be back to more shenandoah fun in november but uh so don't freak out when you know we're not talking to an alum that you've heard of or may not have uh it's still going to be SU alum talking about other things. But anyway, just for a month. Um, all right. We will talk to you soon. And thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.